Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. You ready for the Word of God? Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Let me read that again. No chastening for the present or at the moment seems to be joyous. Y'all get excited when you're chasing? Did you ever get excited when you were disciplined and chastened as a child? One thing never leaves us as we mature. And that is the distaste and the dislike of being chastened. It's not joyous in the present. But the Bible says it is grievous. I can remember thinking that when the belt came off. I was like, I'm grieved. At what's about to happen, and while it was happening, I was really grieved, and it was not a joyous situation. Nevertheless, somebody say, Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. There was an exercise going on when you was getting that beating. But thereby, while that was being exercised upon you, while you were grieving afterward, no doubt it yielded peaceable fruit of righteousness. Verse 12, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, Get your mind off of that. Go ahead and lift up your hands and quit thinking about the feeble knees and what you're going through and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. That which is broken right now, that which is lame right now, except that be turned out of the way and take you the wrong direction. It says, but let it rather be healed. I believe that God is in this place to heal some brokenness. Hallelujah. And follow peace with all men. Your husband, your wife, your boss, your neighbor, follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness. Without which 
no man shall see the Lord. Don't ever think you can see the Lord if you throw away holiness. Don't ever think you'll see the Lord if you're unpeaceable with men and your neighbor and your co-workers. Because how can a man say he loves God who he has not seen and hateth his brother who he has seen? It's peace with all men. It's holiness. That's how we will find God. That's how we'll stay in God. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby, many, turn to your neighbor and say, many, many be defiled. How are they defiled? Because somehow a root of bitterness springs up begins to trouble them and it will not stop until you stop it. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing. We're talking about a man here that had an amazing heritage. A man here that had an inheritance that only we could dream of. But afterward, when he would have, he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. We're talking about Esau in the verse before, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. He would have inherited the blessing, but he was rejected. He found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I want to talk for a little about a little while about breakthrough. to your new normal. Breakthrough to your new normal. God bless you. You can be seated. We've all heard of cause and effect. We've heard of sowing and weep and leap and reaping. We know that every action will bring what? Every action will bring an equal reaction. When God 
brings chastisement or correction. It's simply to keep us from going the wrong direction or possibly even making a mistake that we will never recover from like Esau. The Word of God says, whom God loves, he chasteneth. God does not bring chastening to you because he hates you, because he's against you. And you may be going through something right now that you feel that everything around you and God himself is against you. You may be even thinking in your heart, why is it that they can get away with this? But when I try this, all of a sudden everything goes wrong. And all of a sudden it seems like God brings a discipline and a chastening upon me because they are not a child of God. They can get away with stuff that you can't get away with. Because God loves you, he will take the time to chasten you. Because they have already given themselves to the things of the world, to the things of the devil, to the things of their flesh, then God, because of their will, will just let them go on about their way. But he looks down upon a child of God that is erring in their way. He looks upon a child of God that is beginning to make some bad decisions and he will bring chastisement upon you and you ought to lift your hands to heaven and thank him that he loves you enough to chasten you. Hallelujah. When you see what your parents in your older age, when you see what your parents prevented from happening through discipline and chastisement, now all of a sudden you can get glad about what they did. Let me tell you something. When I was about 10 years old, I don't remember exactly what I'd done, but I think I was lying. I think my mama caught me lying. And we had a peach tree out in our yard and she went out there and she whacked off a limb and she began to work on me. The limb broke and I thought, thank God I've been delivered. She cut down another one and she broke that one and I thought, Lord, she's not going back again. Seven times. She broke a limb on me. I couldn't hardly sit down for days. I had welts on me. Man, they would have turned her in to CPS. They would have taken me out of the home. But fortunately, we lived so far back in the sticks, they couldn't find us. And we lived so far away from any other neighbors, they couldn't hear me scream. But I thank God for those peach tree limbs. I don't lie now. I stopped lying after that. And whatever else it was that had accumulated that required seven switches. 
might feel like you're on switch number six right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else in this place? Praise God. I'm going to tell, I don't know how many young parents we got here, but, but don't get so off on this Dr. Spock stuff that you don't discipline your children. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm old school. You can hate me if you want. Hallelujah. Sometimes they need a good paddling. It just don't go to the extreme my mama went to. Verse 13. I better get off that quick. Verse 13. It says, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Don't let your brokenness get you off of your path. Rather, let it heal you. You have to announce to yourself, it's over. You have to recognize, I've been lame. I've been hurt. I've been broken. But I'm going to let it go. I'm healed of that. Can somebody say amen? amen? It's about the attitude. Did you know that life will tempt you to become bitter? I can't tell you how many Christians that I have met that are so cynical and it not only is a root of bitterness inside that you can't see, it has begun to display on the outside of some good Jesus name baptized Holy Ghost filled Christians that have allowed something to get out of hand, that have allowed a hurt or have allowed some type of brokenness in their life to take them off track. But the Bible says it's time to make your path straight. It's time to put that brokenness aside. It's time to put that lame thing aside and to be healed. Even your troubles can make you better. Or they may make you bitter. You have to look at what you're thinking and how you're thinking. You have to ask yourself, why do I have this attitude? How many know from time to time, actually several times a day, you need to do a checkup from the neck up? You've got to check the attitude and the altitude. If your altitude is low, check your attitude first. Praise God. Think about Esau. You don't hear that name often. We don't like to preach about Esau. The Bible doesn't even talk about him too much after this. What we do hear often is about Jacob. Man, I've heard every sermon that can be preached on Jacob. And I've probably preached most of them too. 
But really, understand this. It should have been. It should have been. But according to verse 17, you know that how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, it should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. We've heard all of our life, and everybody from the time of Esau and Jacob has heard, and every prayer that was prayed was to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you realize that's not the way it was supposed to be? Do you realize that he missed a blessing that was his inheritance and he did not have to lose that blessing? It was supposed to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. What a shame. But Esau lost it all. Because he was hungry. You know, there are still people losing it all because they're hungry. Because they're not hungry for the right thing. Because they're hungry for the things of this world. Because they're hungry for fame. They're hungry for fortune. They're hungry for prosperity. They're hungry for someone that they don't need to be looking at. Some things that they don't need to be looking at. They're hungry for those things. And because that hunger in them is so strong, they're willing to give it all away. They're willing to lose their inheritance. They're willing to miss the blessing. Jacob made a deal with Esau for a bowl of porridge, a bowl of soup. I would say that, and I've preached it this way, how that Jacob, whose name means the supplanter and the deceiver, I would say that Jacob tricked him. But instead, I'm just going to say today, that Esau was stupid. It's kind of like this. If I was grilling a steak, it amazes even me how much food comes into my messages. If I was grilling a steak, and you said to me, I will give you my house. For that steak. Because I'm really, really hungry. I've got to have that steak now. I'd probably do it. I'd make the trade. And it wouldn't be so much that I was cheating you. It would mostly be because you're stupid. Plain dumb.
Esau traded his birthright by making a permanent decision over a temporary situation. No matter how bad it seemed to Esau, if he could have just got his mind on the inheritance, the blessing that belonged to him, and if he would have looked back at how God had taken care of him in the past, he could have looked up and said, you know what? This too shall pass. And that would have gotten him past the deal. You've heard of the art of the deal. Jacob made the best one in the, the history of the world. We now refer to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. I don't know why I'm saying this today, but I want to warn somebody about making a permanent decision on a temporary issue that you're dealing with right now. You're about to make the wrong decision if you keep thinking the way you're thinking. All right, if we throw a little prophetic something or another in here. Hallelujah. I have no idea who I'm talking to, but you better think hard before you make that decision. It will have repercussions that go on and on and on, and you're going to miss a blessing by making a wrong decision. Say to yourself, has not God kept me this far? Is he the same yesterday and forever? Is he God almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent, all-knowing? Can he ever let me down? Is he with me to the end of the world? Hallelujah. This too shall pass. And I say to you, keep your integrity. Keep your inheritance. Don't make that decision. It wasn't the stupidity that bothered Esau. It wasn't what hurt him so much. But it was the permanent decision that he had made that made him to lose his entire future of blessings from God. Again, verse 17, you know that how afterward when he would have inherited the blessings, he was rejected. And he found no place of what? Repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears. That word repentance in the Greek means metanoia. That word metanoia means to change. Esau, at a time that was too late, began to seek a change of intelligence. Why? Because he had been stupid. He began to seek a change 
with a lot of emotion. He sought repentance, the Bible said, with many tears. He sought a change of mind that was not just a mere notion or possibility. He somehow wanted to have a complete restart, go back where he could make a different decision and have a different outcome. Maybe this will help you to see what I'm saying. Anybody in here have a computer? If you go on the computer, it has what is called a default setting. The default setting brings out a whole set that remain the same of principles and ideas. And if you default, have you ever gotten in the computer and got it all messed up by all the finagling that you were doing? Thank God for defaults. Because you can go back and sit reset default. The default will take you back to the principles and the foundations and the ideas that are that are right in that software or that program. <clears throat> Some people's situation has not changed in a long time. They're still stuck on default. But it's the wrong default. I have also messed up my computer before by, by saying, would you like to make this your new default? And now that I've made it my new default, I'm in trouble. Because every time I get everything messed up again and I hit default, it goes back to what I changed it to be. A default. I guess I'm the only one that's ever done that. But what I'm talking about today is breaking through to a place that you can call a new normal. That you can call a new default that will not keeping you back to the same old same old same old thing that you've been dealing with for years and years and years and years how many times have you tried to break through you make all kinds of changes but you throw your hands up and hit default again and go right back where you started again but I came to tell somebody you can change your default setting. You can have a brand new, a brand new normal, a brand new default. You can reset some things today by the help of God that you don't have to live with regret and seek repentance over something that you can't do anything about like Esau anymore. You can have a brand new start in God today. Hallelujah. Praise God. But some people, when they're around church people, they change. 
I'm not going to ask for anybody to lift their hand if you know somebody or somebody close to you that is totally different at home than they are here. In a crowd this size, there's bound to be somebody like that. I hope it ain't you. I hope it ain't me. <laughs> when they're around church people, they change. They get around certain people, they change. But when they go back home, they go to default. They've got a flawed default. They've got a sorry default. They've got a default that's been set in their programming for way too long. They need a new default. They need a new normal. And God is speaking to us today about a way to break through and find that new normal. There's a problem with your default because you haven't changed your mind. That metanoia of repentance. The same word that's found in metamorphosis. Is that butterfly going to be grateful that he went through the necessary changes that he did not resist the meta? Morphosis, the change that was needed to turn into the beautiful creature that God created him to be. Hallelujah. There's some beautiful creatures in this place today. I, I hate to call you a creature, me a creature, but we are. I got scripture for it. Him that is in Christ is a new creation which is a creature. Hallelujah. But Esau couldn't go back no matter how he tried. If he had changed his mind, if he had found a new normal before he made a permanent situation on a temporary issue, my how things would have been different today. But Esau couldn't go back. But I've come to tell somebody in this place that because of the cross, because of the blood that was shed for your sins, because of the time of grace that we live in. You don't have to be, you can never be an Esau if you will change your mind and if you will desire a new normal in your life, the cross will give you a new normal. I want to tell somebody that anybody in this place can start all over again. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, to change. That's what repentance is. It's a new normal. 
hear me. It's a new normal. It is a 180 degree change. We've talked about that often. It's still a command in the British Army. In the American Army, it says about face. In the British Army, it's repent. And when they say that, it goes just like this. Somebody needs to make a complete turnaround today. Hallelujah. You need a new normal. The old default setting, the old normal is not going to cut it. It will make you continue to do the same thing that you've always done. I'm talking to the saint and the sinner. Praise God. Nobody gets called a sinner anymore, I guess. Hallelujah. But if you don't have God, you're lost. You're a sinner. Because we were born in sin, created in iniquity. We have to change through repentance and turn from our wicked ways. Now even the church in Chronicles, it said if they would turn from their wicked ways. I'm telling you, saints have some wicked ways sometimes. When you've got some backbiting and when you've got some bitterness and when, when you've got uh, snobitis and whatever it is, there's some stuff that stinks. I've been, I've been to, to general conference and I thought, my God, what do you think about that, Lord? Thank God it ain't raining in here. It drowns. There's just all kinds of mess that can get in Christians. That what they really need is a new normal. Because the normal they got right now stinks. Ain't nobody running the aisles. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody needs to say, I'm about to have a new normal. I'm going to stop falling back in those same old default settings. I've got to, if I have to go by myself, I'm going to go. Because I am changing my default settings. I'm going to have a new normal. You don't have to have a whole lot of emotions to make that decision. You don't have to do it. It didn't do Esau any good through much tears, much emotion. I saw a lady one time, we were pastoring in Germany 30, 30 years ago. A lady heard the call of God on her life. She came and she just sat down. I, I can still, it wasn't this church, obviously, but about right here on the left side of the church. She had determined in her mind that she wasn't going to live that life anymore. We'd been giving her short Bible studies, and she said, 
Can I have the Holy Ghost today? Of course you can have the Holy Ghost today. Just lift your hands and let God fill you. Just lift your hands like this. In just seconds. Quieter than I've ever heard anybody receive the Holy Ghost. She began to talk in tongues and talk in tongues and talk in tongues. She's a minister today in Ohio. She began to change the world around her. I saw zero emotion. But what I did see because of the results was a, di a desire for a reset, a desire for a new normal. Hallelujah. When I was 17 years old, running from God, joined the Army. As soon as I graduated from high school, off I went. Went to El Paso, Texas, Fort Blister. Fort Bliss. 126 degrees. Had, had, had uh, the top of my ears red, cracked, and bleeding from the sun. People passing out in the heat. I mean to tell you, I went wild because I was able to walk away from an apostolic preacher's family. My mom and dad, my dad was a Pentecostal preacher way before I was ever born. And some of that discipline, some of that, some of that stuff, I thought, boy, I can escape it. And I went wild. It's kind of crazy when you wake up on the other side of the border in Mexico and wonder what you did last night. Wonder what all it was that you got involved with and was your next stop prison. I guess it wasn't too bad. Just didn't remember it. But there was a, a sense that came over me. There was something deep down inside of me that said, you know what, I cannot live like this. I had been going to church. Matter of fact, that's where I met Sister Green. She is 15 years old. I was 17 years old. I walked in for the first time into a Sunday school class that she was decorating. She fell off of the folding chair she was standing on. I asked her sometime, honey, are you still falling for me? But I started, I started going to church and I was still living like the devil and, 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 and there was such a torment inside of me because I really wanted change. But what I had done was I had just went back to a, a, some sort of default that just kept me, every time I thought I was making progress, I would just fall right back to the same old place. And then I'd try to struggle through and, and I knew that, that if, if I didn't get a made-up mind... That it was always going to be that way. And so I even told my, my father-in-law, you may, Pastor Lewis, he was just 30-something years old then. I said, you know what? 
you're a good preacher. And there's been lots of great services. And so many times I want to just go to the altar and I want to cry and I want to repent and I want to change, but there's got to be some. I don't want you trying to pull me to the altar. I don't want you to, you know, try to try to get me up here not of my own accord because I know deep in my heart that when I make this change, it's going to be for good. Because I'm tired of going back, going back, going back. Six months went by. I was attending church on a regular basis. And I wasn't living right. But before I knew it, some people were coming up to me and saying, Hey, Green, you going to church? See you getting dressed up there. Yeah, can I go with you? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Don't you wish it was that easy? And they started coming by the dozens. There were times I had a big old LTD, 1976. That thing would seat about 20. No. <laughs> we'd, we'd get about eight people in there. And there was times that I'd run back to the base and get another load. And people were coming to church with me. I watched people that I was still living like the devil. And I watched these people come and fall on their face, repent of their sins, be bad. I can't tell you how many baptisms I've seen and how many people that I was bringing to church received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I would tell them, don't look at me because I ain't living right. I know better than this. You do what God's telling you to do. And one by one and by the dozens, people began to receive the Holy Ghost. That wasn't enough still. Because I hadn't made up my mind that there's going to be no turning back. It's going to be a brand new normal. It's going to be a brand new default. I'm going to give it all to God when I give it to him. January 27th, 1980. It was an ordinary service. It wasn't even this special. It was way below this special. I don't remember what was preached. I don't remember a song that was sung. I don't remember who was there, except I knew somewhere about the middle of that service. I'm ready. I am going to be a different man from this day forward. I'm going to turn it all over to God, and I'm never looking back. Forty years later, here I am, still standing by the grace of God. Hallelujah. As the musicians come. I dare somebody to make that decision today. Hallelujah to set a new normal. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some breakthrough. But you don't have to remain the same. 
saints and sinner alike. <laughs> you don't have to remain the same. The prodigal son was about to eat with the pig until the Bible said he came to himself. I would to God somebody would come to themselves today and say, I'm tired of living a mediocre, half-Christian life. I'm tired of falling back into the same old default every time it seems like I've gained a little bit of ground. What you need today is a decision that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Take this whole world but give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. A brand new normal. Hallelujah. The prodigal. <laughs> Hallelujah. When he came to himself, the pigs couldn't hold him. The hog pen couldn't hold him. The disgrace that he was living in, the tattered clothes and the poverty that he was living in could not hold him. He was that ready for a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Both the sheep and the pig can go back to their default. The pig likes to be in the muck and the mess. But the sheep knows it doesn't belong in that. Because it's got a different default. Hallelujah. I want to say to somebody, stay with the sheep. Stay with the sheep and act like the sheep and let Jesus be the shepherd. Oh, hallelujah. Faith. somebody God has brought you too far to leave you. Faith did not bring you this far to abandon you. And I'll also say the devil doesn't mind if you come to church. The devil doesn't mind if you preach. If you shout all over the church and one day when we've got a big old choir rocking the house you can be the lead singer and the devil doesn't mind. The devil only minds when you get to a place that you have a life-changing change of mind that says, no turning back. I have decided to follow 
Jesus. You change your course. You change your direction. You always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always got. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There was a word that came to Moses. And he spoke the words of God. When they were in a mountain called Horeb, which means a place that is dried up, and had been there for years. God said, you have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you, turn you, and take your journey. And again, just one chapter later, the Lord spoke and said, you have compassed or compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Hallelujah. I want to open up this front right now. I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's somebody here that's desperate for a life-changing event that will just not be back to the same old defaults, but a new normal that will allow you to develop, allow you to see the blessing that God has given to you. Don't miss it like Esau missed his blessing. Hallelujah. As many as will, let's just come and let's gather. Let's pray one with another. Maybe just step over and pray with someone. Hallelujah. Let's turn this house into a prayer meeting right now. Praise God. Let's begin to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been in this spot long enough, Lord. I've made a firm decision today. I'm going to reset the default. I'm going to have a brand new normal. All those sins, all of those weaknesses, all of those temptations, all of those things that I've been dealing with over and over and on the outside everything looks fine but I'm going to make a default change today I'm going to reset because I have changed my mind I have made up my mind I can no longer be the same